Thank you so much. Um, my name is Jonathan. I'm a compulsive overeater and grateful member of this program. Um, really grateful to have been asked to speak at this meeting to share my recovery, strength, and hope. Um, this is my home meeting, so it's a very special place. It's the first room I ever came into in OA many, many years ago. Um, I said yes immediately when asked to speak, but when I sort of, it, it's a, always a challenge to, for me to be the featured speaker. So when I sat with sort of what felt right for me, I decided to um, write some things out, which I'll be reading. And I always hate how I sound when I'm reading. So I'm going to do my best to make it a little bit more conversational and see if I can go off script and not seem like I'm reading a prepared statement, etc. But that's sort of what the guidance I got from my higher power about today's share was. Um, and I thought I'd structure my share today by sharing about as many tools as I have time for and weaving my story of what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now for me through the sharing of the tools. Um, of the tools, OA says many of us have found we cannot abstain from compulsive eating unless we use some or all of OA's nine tools of recovery to help us practice the 12 steps and 12 traditions. And for me, the tools are in many ways like the warm blanket of my program. Um, for someone like me who often lives from the neck up, um, overthinks and has anxiety, the tools are very grounding. They tell me the practical things to do to gain recovery. Um, they've been especially helpful in my physical recovery, but they've also been really important in my spiritual and emotional growth. Um, and I use all the tools, some less, some more. Um, and I'm going to share about as many as I can in the time that I have. Um, so I'm going to start with a plan of eating. Um, so for some of these tools, I'm going to read just an abridged portion of what they say about each tool in the pamphlet of the tools of recovery. So of a plan of eating, OA says, as a tool, a plan of eating guides us in our dietary decisions and defines what, when, how, where, and why we eat. There are no specific requirements for a plan of eating. OA does not endorse or recommend any specific plan of eating. Although individual plans of eating are as varied as our members, most OA members agree that some plan, no matter how flexible or structured, is necessary. And um, my plan of eating is the tool that has aided my physical recovery more than any other tool. Um, I've had type 1 insulin-dependent diabetes since I was 16, and I'm now 49. Um, that diagnosis as a teenager ended up kind of weaponizing what was already a pretty destructive relationship that I had with food. I was definitely a compulsive overeater before I had diabetes, um, but now I would experience fluctuations in my blood sugar that necessitated eating or not eating based not on listening to my body and when I was hungry, but based on the numbers that came out of my glucose monitor. Um, and low blood sugars in particular spiked my emotional anxiety because of what was physiologically happening in my body and brain, and they necessitated sugar to correct them. So it became a total shit show of binging to correct low blood sugars. And that's how it went for me for much of the next three decades. Um, 
even in the rare, but there were times when I was eating pretty healthy over that those 30 years, the lows, the low blood sugars and diabetes are unescapable. And I could not stop binging during them. Um, and I was just resigned to the fact that because low blood sugars were a part of my life, I would never be able to stop eating compulsively. So this summer, I completely lost my abstinence, which had been slipping a bit for months. <clears throat> and when I regained it, my plan of eating, especially the what I eat and when I eat parts of the plan were the bedrock components of my abstinence. And I also try to start every day by asking or praying uh, that abstinence from food be my highest priority for the day and reminding myself that abstinence allows me to live and be more fully present for whatever comes my way, whether it's good or bad. Um, my food plan is three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner with nothing in between unless I have a low blood sugar. And I was a constant eater and grazer for decades. I never could have imagined that I could eat this way, but I can. And because it is so helpful with my diabetes. I also eat pretty low carb, though not no carb, and I don't eat refined sugar or flour. And eating this way has been really amazing for my physical recovery. I've definitely released some weight. Um, I've been able to reduce medication that I take for high blood pressure. I definitely have more energy. And probably the most amazing thing to me, however, is that I went from having at least one low blood sugar and sometimes many more each day to having maybe one a week. And in some cases, I've had months where I've maybe had just one or two. And this has just been an incredible game changer in my life. So this way of eating also clearly affirms how clearly I have the disease of compulsive overeating because every day I have thoughts about foods not on my plan. I have desires to eat compulsively. I have, you know, effort moments in the grocery store or at work where I see somebody eating something sugary and I'm just like, wow, that would be so good. So it's been a lot of hard work um, but I have remained abstinent and just made it the priority every day. So my plan of eating um, is just an incredible tool for me. So next tool to talk about is sponsorship. <clears throat> of that, OA says, sponsors are OA members who are living the 12 steps and 12 traditions to the best of their ability. We ask a sponsor to help us through our program of recovery on all three levels, physical, emotional, and spiritual. By working with other members of OA and sharing their experience, strength, and hope, sponsors continually renew and reaffirm their OA, their own recovery. Um, when I came into OA, I loved the meetings and the shares and the people, but I really just wanted to get then. Um, things like writing, reading, sponsorship seemed like a drag to me, and so I did not do them for years. Um, I currently have a sponsor, and I sponsor one person. <clears throat> and indeed, just as OA promised, they have been awesome opportunities for recovery. As a sponsee, I feel so much from my sponsor. It's been really cathartic for me to have a space every week to check in and share in a way that's different from other kinds of relationships that I have. 
Um, I'm trying to be really honest with my sponsor and a big part of my recovery is allowing myself to share the hardest parts of myself with another person. I think left <clears throat> to my own devices, I can have this like toxic mix of shame, guilt, jealousy, pity, despair that are just like trapped inside of me. And my sponsor listens to me, shares their recovery with me. Um, and I can really have a felt sense of their love and support in my heart. Um, and it has been such a gift to work with a sponsor. Um, the way I work with my sponsor is I talk to my sponsor on the phone once a week and I text them my food every day. And there are so many ways to do it. But um, yeah, it just took me so many years to work up the courage to get a sponsor. And um, it's been it's been such a great part of my program. Um, the concept of being a sponsor was definitely a no-go for so long for me because of my insecurities. Um, I felt like it's okay if my life is a mess, but I don't want to mess it up for someone else. That's like way too much responsibility. Uh, and then someone asked me to be their sponsor. And after sitting with it and consulting my sponsor, I said yes. And it has indeed been a gift to my own recovery. Um, it's been a lesson in letting go of perfectionism, of realizing I am not the responsible party for this person's life, but I get to be part of their journey and recovery, um, that it so clearly helps both of us, um, that I don't have to have advice or answers, and I get to practice listening and being with someone with an open heart. Um, so it's really put me in, sometimes in my stretch zone, I'm not always comfortable doing it, but it's been, it's been great. Just, just awesome to have that opportunity to be a sponsor. Um, let's see, I am going to jump to telephone. I kind of jumped around just to talk about the things I wanted to talk about, and I might skip back. Um, so of, thank you, Bonnie, um, of the telephone, OA says, member to member contact helps us share on a one-to-one -one basis and avoid the isolation that is so common among us. Many members call, text, or email their sponsors and other OA members um, daily. And so my thinking on this tool used to be limited to traditional voice phone calls. Um, and for me, I always need to work up some courage to call pretty much anyone, my family, my good friends that I've known forever, anyone in this program, just, just reaching for the phone is like, I have to center myself and sort of gird myself for it. Um, and so that part has been hard for me to just pick up the phone and make program calls. That said, when I receive an unscheduled program call, it delights me and I'm always grateful to get it. Um, and then, you know, the phone, phone, our phones are computers now. And so the phone has turned into a much more useful tool for me, I think, in the form of various kinds of texting. As I mentioned before, I text my sponsor my food every day. That's a really important part of my daily program. Likewise, I receive someone else's food via text every day, and I'm really grateful to be of that service. And then for more than a year, I've been part of a gratitude text thread with four other OA members where on most, most days, each of us share what we are grateful for from that day or the day before. 
And this has been one of those functional practices that has been pretty transformative for my life. So I scan, I do mine at the end of the day and I scan my day at the end of the day to think about what I'm grateful for instead of sort of what my practice had been prior to program, which was often end of the day, tired, um, anxiety spikes, start thinking about all the things I did wrong or everything that is not going well. So that's been a real game changer for me as well. And also, um, even during the day, sometimes something will happen and I'll think, ooh, got to remember that for the gratitude thread. So um, really enjoy that, which is part of the way that I use the phone. I'm going to jump all the way to the end of the tools to service <clears throat> and see if I have time for any more afterwards. So of, of service, OA says, carrying the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers is the basic purpose of our fellowship. There are many ways to give back what we have so generously been given. We are encouraged to do what we can when we can. A life of sane and happy usefulness is what we are promised as the result of working the 12 steps. Service helps to fulfill that promise. So a lot of my work in this program and my personal growth is about not focusing so much on myself. And, um, and you know, I work also, uh, OA is not the only thing I do to work on my personal growth. I have um, a great therapist and have come to understand and connect with a part of me from childhood that understands that the way I've gone through life was um was a great protector and of great service to me that doesn't always serve me now as an adult. And I think service is kind of the best way I know how to get out of my self-serving ego-driven tendencies that have been a big part of my life. Um, service does feel incredibly good to give, but not in an ego feeding way to me. It helps me break my isolation. Um, it allows me to connect with people and the world in new and meaningful ways from how I often move through the world. I mean, it took me a good while, as everything does, to find my groove with service. Um, I think I'd been plagued by a, a hyper-awareness about how others perceive me, um, like just the insecurities and the awkwardness. So at first, service for me was literally going to St. John's, early putting up the chairs and putting away the chairs. And that's, that's as much as I could do in service when I started this program. And then as I sort of gained trust in all of you and realized that this program was a safe space for me, I began to expand my service and I started, I became a newcomer greeter, a literature person, um, a Zoom host and a secretary. So I try to always have a service position at both of my regular OA meetings. Uh, that's five left, Bonnie. Is that what you're telling me? Okay. Um, and sort of like with the gratitude text thread that I was mentioning earlier, the more I give service in OA, the more I look to do so in other parts of my life as well. Um, so that's been just a lovely part of this program that helps get me out of myself and engaging with the world in ways that um, are meaningful to myself and others. 
Um, let's see, I have a few minutes left. Those are the ones that I had sort of done the most thinking and talking about um, to myself in prep for this meeting. Um, I guess maybe I'll jump back in um, to meetings. Um, so of meetings, OA says, meetings are gatherings of two or more compulsive overeaters who come together to share their personal experience and the strength and hope OA has given them. There are many types of meetings, but fellowship with other compulsive overeaters is the basis of them all. And for many years, this was the only meeting I came to. Um, I have a fairly young family, a full-time job, got kids, etc. And so everyone's circumstances and availability is different. And I just came to this meeting, which I loved and still love. And then um, during the pandemic, I started expanding my attendance at different kinds of meetings and ended up really going to a lot of different meetings. And it's really true what they say to the newcomers, which I'm forgetting now, but I think it's they say go to six different meetings before you to, to give OA um, a chance. And I have found that the different meetings I've gone to really do have different flavors to them. And some resonate with me more than others. Um, but I will say that even in the meetings that I didn't stay with and stick with, um, again, that fellowship in OA, this sort of, to me, sacred space of being able to share of ourselves and three-minute increments, and this kind of ties in, too, to the tool of anonymity, um, is has been about building trust and connection with all of you and in different spaces. Um, and going to more meetings um, has, has really been lovely because the more I do program, the more recovery I get, and it's always true. And so there was a time um, before my work kicked in for this year where I was really going to five to seven meetings a week. And um, yeah, it's just that that routine and that practice of being in that space is um, just a wonderful daily tool um, or weekly tool, depending on how often you get to meetings. Um, and Zoom has been wonderful. I've really enjoyed doing Zoom meetings. And a couple months ago, I did go to my first in-person OA meeting, which was also almost just a a totally different kind of spiritual experience to be in the room with other fellows and have that. And so um, just so grateful that this program has been there for so many of us during the last few years when um, we've all faced additional strain from pandemic and things going on in our lives. So yay for meetings. Um, let me just see how I'm doing on time. Oh, it looks like I'm in my last minute. Okay, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna wrap up there. I didn't actually talk about um, writing, literature, and action plan and anonymity that much, which are all important tools that I use and matter to people. So um, just wanna put a plug in for those tools as well. And really um, thank you all for the opportunity to share with you today and to be part of this amazing fellowship.